We're going to be reading tonight from the book of Habakkuk, chapter 3. I'm going to read the entire chapter, and I want us to pay attention uh, to what the Lord has got to say to us tonight from this passage of the scripture. This is coming from a prophet of God. We all understand Habakkuk, it was a, it was a prophet of class. Uh, a lot of people call him a minor prophet, but there was nothing minor. They only call him minor on the basis of the, the, the chapters of the book, because it's only a book of three chapters. But in the, in the quality of, of, the, of the prophecy that we read in this scripture, there is nothing causing, that calls him minor. He was one of the notable prophets. And I'm going to read tonight from the book of Habakkuk, uh, chapter 3. From verse 1, a prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, on Shigianoth. O Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. Verse 3, God came from Taman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. And his brightness was like the light. He had rays flashing from his hand, and there his power was eaten. Before him went pestilence, and fever followed at his feet. Verse 6. He stood and measured the earth, and he looked and started the nations. And the everlasting mountain was scattered. The perpetual eels bowed. His ways are everlasting. I saw the tents of Cushan in affliction. The curtains of the land of Midian trembled. O Lord, were you displaced with the rivers? Was your anger against the rivers? Was your wrath against the sea that you rode on your horses, your chariots of salvation? Your bow, your bow was made quite ready. Hoats were sworn over your arrows. You divided the earth with rivers. The mountains say you saw you and trembled. The overflowing of the waters passed by. The deep uttered its voice. Lifted up its hands on high. The sun and moon stood still in their habitations. And the light of your arrows, they went. And the shining of your glistering spear. You marched through the land in indignation. You trampled the nations in anger. You went forth for the salvation of your people. For salvation with your anointed. You struck the head from the house of the wicked. By lame bed from foundation to neck, you thrust through with his arrows, with his own arrows, the head of his villages. They came out like a whirlwind to scatter me. Their rejoicing was like feasting on the poor in secret. You walked through the sea with your horses, through the heap of great waters. When I heard, my body trembled. My lips quivered at the voice. Rottenness entered my bones, and I trembled in myself, that I might rest in the day of trouble. When he comes up to the people, he will invade them with his troops. I want us to begin to pay attention here from verse 17. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vine, Though the label of the olive may fail, 
The fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold. There be no herd in the stores. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. It will make my feet like deer's feet. It will make me walk on my high heels. Praise the Lord. Tonight, I've come to declare to us that praising God and giving thanks is a duty to us as believers. Praise is a function of relationship. The closer we are to God, the more praiseful. If there's any word like that, we, could, we will be. The proximity of a man to God determines, is reflected in how much he offers praise. Our closeness to God will reveal to us the wholesomeness of his power. Every prophet of old, in the midst of deliberated circumstances, in difficult troughs of life, understood in their closeness to God the wholesomeness of this great king. God is to be highly praised. God deserves honor. No one can praise him adequately without a proper knowledge. That is why lack of knowledge is the greatest undoing in the body of Christ. The more we know him, the more thankful we will be. I've had occasions in my life when I've met with some circumstances and then you want to wonder, what do I do? But the greatest and the quickest and the most powerful thing to do in every circumstance is to remember to praise. Therefore, I'm sharing with us tonight what I've titled, When the Praise Goes Up. When the praise does what? When the praise goes up. There is always a dynamic reaction from heaven. Every time when the earth recognizes and acknowledges the greatness of our God, there is always a reaction from heaven. I'll take us through a little journey tonight. Read it through the book of Leviticus, the book of Exodus, the book of Deuteronomy. We will have observed a particular practice among the Jews, particularly why before they got into captivity and after 
they got in captivity. There was something that was particular about these people, particularly with many of them that were prophets. We remember when Israel left Egypt, one of the things that God commanded the people to do was to offer sacrifices. In fact, the message of Moses to Pharaoh was that, let my people go that they may what? That they may worship me. Do we remember the message? Let my what? Let my people go that they may worship me. Now, one very notable practice was altars being raised. Do we remember altars? Altars were raised right from the days of Abraham. After his encounter with God, of course, there was no Israel at the time, but from the encounter that Abraham had in Genesis chapter 12, Abraham kept raising altars to God. You know what I found out? Each time that Abraham raised an altar to God, God reaffirmed his covenant to Abraham. Let's go back home and read. God did what? Reaffirmed his covenant to Abraham. There is something about altars. There is something about about burning an incense to God. When Abraham burned incense, and when Israel left Egypt, God commanded them through Aaron that they should sacrifice and burn incense to him. In 1 Chronicles chapter 23, verse 13, this is what the scriptures tells us in 1 Chronicles chapter 23, verse 13. We're going to quickly get there. First Chronicles 23, in verse 13, it says, The sons of Amram, Aaron and Moses, and Aaron was set apart, he and his sons forever, that he should sanctify the most holy things, to burn incense before the Lord, to minister to him, and to give the blessing in his name forever. Now we could see clearly that the whole essence of burning incense on the altars was, they went twofold, was to minister to the Lord. How many of us know that many times today we have not particularly perfected the art of ministering to God? We want God to minister to us most of the time, but ministering to God is a key part of our worship that we can dedicate a day to the Lord and say, Lord, all I want to do today is just to minister to you. It's just to extol and magnify you. There is a place of worship. There is a place when we as humans, when we as even verses can understand the power of ministering to the Lord. We look at ourselves and say, well, I'm just a man. Yes. But you know what? When the praise and the worship of God comes from an unlikely source, God is about to do an unlikely things in our lives. So this man offered sacrifices. And I want to quickly mention the word incense actually is from the root word kitoreth, which means a perfume. It means an aroma. It means a fragrance. In other words, when those sacrifices were made, it was to produce an aroma to God. It was to release something into the atmosphere that only God can accept. And that was why many of the times among the people of Israel, the enemy tried to pervert 
that act. How many of us have noticed there were several occasions in the life of the people of Israel when they brought in other gods and those gods demanded incense. You know why? Those gods demanded incense because they wanted God's anger to arise against his people. Because he is the only one that deserves worship. And incense was an element of worship. Jesus had not died. There was no New Testament. The blood had not been shed. So the only communication link that they had was to raise and to burn incense as a sign of submission, as a sign of worship to the living God. You do not burn incense to man. You do not burn incense to any creature, but to the living God. Because it's a sign of supremacy for God. I mentioned here, incense was a means of opening up the communication link with the Almighty. Now, why? To atone. That's one of the reasons. Now, the burnt incense, maybe many of us remember that Aaron burnt incense many of those days to appease on behalf of the people. He was the only high priest. He was the very first high priest. He was the only high priest that could stand and burn incense on the, on the behalf of the people. So, it was a means of atoning for the sin of the people. So incense had multi-purpose reasons why it was done. It was to, to atone on behalf of the people. Number two, it was a means of making a request. Now I want us to understand that in those days, the only ways by which people prayed was to bring their lamb and their sacrifices element to the priest. Please, will you take this to, the, to God, to the Almighty, so that on my behalf, I can present a request. Maybe many of us will remember from the history of Israel, on the seventh day of the tenth month, it was a very specific day, when the high priest goes into the holiest of all to offer sacrifices on behalf of the people. This is what he does. He holds in his hands the basin, they call it the brazen, the, the, the brazen bowl, with the blood of the lamp in it. And it goes into the holiest of all. In the holiest of all, there were certain things that were not allowed there. As an high priest, you could not even go into the holiest of all except you have been sanctified according to the rites that God had laid in as a rule in his word. Now, after the sanctification of the high priest and all the elements that were supposed to be used were sanctified, now the high priest will go into the holiest of all. Now, there was only one object in the holiest of all. It was the hack of the covenant. On the hack of the covenant, standing on top of the hack of the covenant, were the cherubims, which were considered to be the angels of God. And there, the high priest goes into the oldest of all and sprinkles the blood. It sprinkles the blood on the mercy seat. Because right on top of the hack of the covenant is the mercy seat. It sprinkles the blood now, on the behalf of the people sprinkling the blood to atone for the sins of those who have brought their sacrifices and also to present their request to God. That event was only once a year. The high priest does not go back except another one year. Now, that was the experience of the people of Israel. And what does that mean? It means it was a place of atonement. It's a place to make a request. It's also a place to appreciate, to say to the Lord, you have been faithful in the last one year. Because they did it every year to repeat a memorial. 
if you kept me for the last 365 days, you will keep me for another. So they came to give thanks. And you know what happened? The blessing comes. As soon as the sacrifice is made, what happens? The blessing comes. That is why if you have read history, as soon as the high priest comes out of the holiest of all, there is a loud noise of oblation because they know that the sacrifice has been accepted. In the next one year, I can stand and be sure that my prayers are acceptable to God. My thanksgiving have been acceptable to God. What am I saying tonight? Incense. That's what he meant. It also means it was a recognition of a higher influence. Because they believed if the incense is acceptable, there is a God in heaven who controls the affairs of all humans. If it's acceptable, then I have a positive influence on my life for the next 365 days. How many of us know that everyone has an influence around their lives? That's when you meet people, there are people with demonic influences. You could sense it. You could know it in the words they speak. But for us as believers, we carry the divine presence of God. We carry an absolute influence, a positive influence. That is why when Jesus sent his, his disciples, he says, any home in which you get to say to them, peace to this house. Peace. Peace be to you. Because we're messengers of peace. There is, a, there is an influence of peace around us. I believe tonight, as believers, if we recognize everywhere you go, the peace of God goes with you. The peace of God goes with you. Because of an influence around your life. As soon as we offer sacrifice to God, an incense to God, a positive influence comes over your life. And that was why it was impossible when the hack of the covenant was in the holiest of all in Israel for any nation, any nation that said, to attack Israel. It was impossible. You know why? Because the Ark of the Covenant was a visible representation of an invisible God. And when God is in his tent, tell me an enemy who can attack. Impossible. How many of us know what I'm saying tonight? That in Israel, to offer incense was an exclusive responsibility of a priest. It wasn't just for anybody. Do we remember that? Nobody just comes around and says, I want to offer incense. No. Those who dared to do it in the days of Moses, you remember Datam, Koram, and Abiram? They brought their incense to the, to the tabernacle and they said, well, we want to tell you that we're also priests of God. We also, we also can hear from God. The Bible says, let everyone bring their incense. And that was the last of them. They, the grand open, and they were all swallowed together with their household that day. Because God has only appointed Aaron to offer incense. And it was a strict rule. Let me give us a story in 2 Chronicles 34. I think it's in 2 Chronicles 34. 2 Chronicles 34. In 2 Chronicles 34, I'm just going to read a verse. The Bible says here in 2 Chronicles, I'm sorry, it's 26, it's 26 verse 18. 26 verse 18. In 2 Chronicles chapter 26, 
in verse 18. This is talking about King Uzziah. Do we remember him? In verse 18, the Bible says, And they withstood King Uzziah and said unto him, It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priest, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have trespassed. You shall have no honor from the Lord God. Now, that was in the Old Testament. They were not expected to burn incense. It was an exclusive responsibility of a priest. It was a dangerous move for Uzziah. What happened to him? A leprosy struck him on his forehead. Wasn't supposed to do that. But you know the joy I have to present to you tonight? I remember Revelation. The Bible tells us we have been made to be kings and priests unto our God. Now, as believers today, as a king in the Old Testament, you have one right to rule and to lead your domain. But in the New Testament, the Bible says we are kings and we are priests. We are to have dominion and we are to offer sacrifices to God. What a great opportunity we have. No limitation in the New Testament. No boundaries anymore. I'm a king and I'm a priest. Hallelujah. I'm going to realize what I'm saying. What it means to me tonight is that don't look for a priest for yourself. You are a priest sufficient to offer sacrifices before God. Don't look for anybody to stand before on your behalf before God. You stand before. Of course, I'm not talking about corporateness. There's a place for corporate. I'm saying hiring somebody to stand in your place so that your prayers can be acceptable. That's not right. How we have been accepted, the Bible says in the book of Ephesians, in the beloved. What does it mean? We have been adopted by God. We have become God's representative. We have become God's priest on earth. Every sacrifice that is offered, or in holy and in, I mean offered. Before God in righteousness is acceptable to him by any of us. Young, old, male, or female. Incredible God. Incredible. But now, we stand tonight. That's why I was very glad when I was trying to put in what are the characteristics of this instance. I noticed that it could be accepted. It might not be accepted if it is done wrongly. Do we remember Cain? He offered sacrifice. It was not acceptable. Because it was a wrong sacrifice in the first place. It was always done on the altar. It could be offered to string gods, to slight God, to slight the living God. They, do, they did that the Lord. Most of the time, the prophet of Baal will offer sacrifice to slight the living God, to create an opposition against God. But you know what happens? He will always fight for himself. You know, this afternoon as I was coming, I just made up my mind. I have no reason to defend God. All I need to do is to proclaim him. Do you know that? We don't need to defend him. He will defend himself. He's more than enough to defend himself. You know, many times we attempt that when people ask us questions, we're doing everything to manipulate words to convince them. Don't do it. Just tell them what the word says. Leave it to God. Hallelujah. Leave God to his work. He will do it. And he will do it better than us. He does a better job than all of us. Hallelujah. Offering sacrifices to God. Let me show you something from Luke, book of Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. When praise goes up, I'm just going into the, into the real issue tonight. Luke chapter 1. In Luke chapter 1, I'm going to read from verse 8. Now, this is a story of Zechariah. We're familiar with this man. The Bible says, so it was in verse 8. Luke chapter 1, verse 8. So it was while he was serving as the priest before God in the order of the division. According to the custom of the priesthood, his Lord failed to burn incense. Do we see that? His Lord failed to burn the incense. Jesus had not died still. So it was his responsibility. When the, he went into the temple of the Lord, in verse 10, 
And when the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hall of incense, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Hallelujah. Standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Zechariah was inside offering, burning incense. The people were outside praying, maybe prayer of praise. They were just praying, but he was burning incense. As he was burning incense, what happens? The angel came. Because the incense was a symbol of praise to God. The incense was a symbol of absolute worship, absolute submission, absolute authority. How many of us know our God is a God of absolute? He has absolute authority. He has absolute power. He requires absolute submission. As they did, the angel of the Lord came. Now, what happened? I wrote down here. The angel appeared with the right side, on the right side of the... I want us to read that very well. I love this. It says in verse 11. I want us to read together verse 11. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on where? On the right side of the hotel of incense. So, the angel actually came to the very place where the worship was going for. It tells me something. When we stand in our house, in our homes, in our closet, as we worship and send praise and incense to God, well, you know what happened? The angel of the Lord comes. Many of us have had very wonderful experiences like that. I don't like to super, you know, to make supernaturalness out of nothing. But we've had an experience one time, we were praying for a sister who was about to be delivered of a baby. You know, we were just praying for her. And then we saw somebody just coming in. You know, we really don't know who, who he was. And said, you know what? It's answered. And he left. And we couldn't see him. He just prayed. And the Lord intervened. It was a very dangerous condition for her. But the Lord intervened. And was glorified. It was a lot of people, you know, just praying. And just somebody appearing in a car, just appearing and said, it's answered. And went away. Because the prayer had lasted over three days. We're just waiting and praying and praying and praying. And God answered. What I'm saying, there is going to be an angelic visitation in our lives. As we begin to send worship and incense to God, out of a pure heart, the Lord will come. I'm going to give us more examples tonight. Now, what happened in this place was not just an angel appeared. Because many people say, oh, I saw an angel that came. What happened after that? There was a message of hope. There was a message of great return. It's a message of divine intervention. A man who had been barren all his life. And I was about to give birth to a baby. Not just a baby, but a forerunner of the Lord Jesus. So when we worship, only God knows that there are delayed opportunities in our lives. That your praise and your incense can trigger a reaction from heaven. God can choose to visit with you when we begin to worship and praise him. Because in the land, God wanted a man to proclaim to erupt the, the birth of the Lord Jesus. And as they worship and send incense, that was the very place the message went. In our lives, as we begin to worship and give praise to God, God will give and will render an unpredictable message to many of us. That will be a divine intervention. How many of us are expecting a divine intervention in our lives? Let's worship God. It will come. Revelation chapter 5 verse 8. I mean, this underscores the concept of incense that we're talking about tonight. Revelation chapter 5 verse 8. Revelation 5 8. This is what the scripture says. 
with that. Now, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. I'm reading this, and it's very important. Each having a harp and golden bowls. Please, let's underline that. Golden bowls full of incense. Do we see? Which are the prayers of the saints. A golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Now, for those who are having confusion about what kind of incense we should offer in the New Testament, now we can see that the expectation after the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus is no more for us to lay lambs and animals and burn incense. No. Our incense today is our worship. Our incense today is our prayers. Do we see it together? Do we see that? Now, there's a golden ball in heaven. Now, every time as believers we stand before God to pray, your prayer is not going into an empty hair. No! Your prayer has the capacity, is embodied. I'm going to say it. I want to get this. Your prayer becomes embodied, becomes an element. Your prayer becomes a tangible force. And it has a destination each time we pray. Your praise, your worshiping God becomes an embodied element. It goes straight into a golden bowl in heaven. Now, what is the golden bowl for? I hope we understand the word gold in itself. It's, 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 it's a symbol of perfection. It's a symbol of the highest level of element of worship. Because that's what gold means. Maybe you remember in the temple, when Solomon built the temple, every element in the temple was made of gold. Because that was the acceptable element of worship. Does it make sense, George? So, your prayers becomes embodied. Your praise becomes embodied. So, when praise goes up, your praise is not going into an empty heaven. Your praise is going into a golden bowl. Don't let us forget that. We can talk to people about that. I know where my prayer is going. It's going into a golden bowl. It's going into before the 24 elders. They're presenting my praise before God. Let's see what happens after this. What happens after the, the prayers and the praise goes into a golden bowl? The Bible says here, and they sang a new song. What happens? They took the harp, they took the golden bowl, and they began to sing. They sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seal. For you were slain, you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of the tribe, out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And have made us kings and priests unto our God. And we shall reign on the earth. I'm going to jump straight to verse 12. And with a loud voice, they said, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. Verse 13. I want us to watch verse 13. And every creature which is in heaven, of course the 24 elders, and the four, and, and, so the 24 elders, and the four living creatures, and on the earth, and also all the angels. The Bible speaks of all the angels in verse 11. All angels in thousands of them. The Bible says, every creature which is in heaven, and on the earth. Ever see on the earth. How many of us know those who are on the earth who are worshiping him today? Not the heathen. They don't know him. They don't want to know him. Not the animals. It is us. The creatures who are on earth. Every living creature today needs to understand that reason. That you have been made to worship. You have been made to praise him. It says every creature on earth. It says, and under the earth, such as in the sea, and all that are in them. And I heard them saying, blessing and honor and glory and power. Be to him who sits on the throne and the Lamb forever and ever. Hallelujah. 
That's your praise, church. Psalm 141, verse 2. Let's read that. Psalm 141, verse 2. Psalm 141, 141, verse 2. This is what it says here. Hallelujah. The Bible says from verse 1. Lord, I cry out to you. Make haste to me. Give ear to my voice when I cry out to you. Let my prayers be said before you. As what? As incense. Let my prayers be what? Be as incense. And lifting up of my hands. I want us to see it before I continue to read. There. It says... Well, let my prayer be said before you as incense and lifting up of my hands. That's what? That's praise. Lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. In other words, when I stand to praise him, my praise is a sacrifice. My praise is a sacrifice to God. And I wrote down here, when I praise, which is a form of prayer, goes up. It is stored up in the golden bowl. A praise of thanksgiving is a bona fide element and an acceptable aroma in the heavenly worship. What a great opportunity we have. Now, what I've just read in the book of Psalm 141, I want us to turn to Hebrews chapter 13. Let's take a look at it together. We're going to take a little survey tonight. Hebrews chapter 13. Let's see what the scripture says here. Hebrews 13. I'm going to read from verses 11, 12, and 15. Hebrews 13, verses 11, 12, and 13. In 11... For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are born outside of the camp. Do we see that? Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside of the gate. Therefore, let us go forth to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. Verse 15, everybody wants us to take a look at it. Therefore, by him, let us continually, what did he say? Offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Hallelujah. Praising him. Offering the sacrifice of our lips. So, we've concluded tonight that our incense, our sacrifice, is in what? It's in our praise. So when we wonder what is it, when you offer sacrifices to God, you're burning incense to God. And your inc- the incense of your praise is becoming acceptable. You know what happens? When we praise, the line of communication is open. Hallelujah. You know what? When the line of communication is open, anything can happen. Anything can happen. When the line of communication is open and I praise, God can visit anytime. When the line of communication is open, the, the impossible becomes possible. When the line of communication is open, miracles happen. When the line of communication is open, healings happen. When the line of communication is open, opportunities open up. When the line of communication is open, deliverance is seen. Victory is assured because of the line of communication that is open. Let me quickly give us three examples and I'll close tonight. Let's take a look at the first example. Let's open our Bibles to the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 1. 1 to 6. 2 Chronicles chapter 1. Second Chronicles chapter 1. Second Chronicles 1. Glory to God tonight. Read from, from Solomon. Now Solomon, Second Chronicles chapter 1 from verse 1. Now Solomon the son of David was strengthened in his kingdom. The Lord is God. 
was with him and exhorted him exceedingly. And Solomon spoke to all Israel, to the captain of the thousands and of the hundreds and to the judges and to every leader in all Israel, to the heads of the father's houses. Then Solomon and all the assembly with him went to the high place that was at Gibeon for the tabernacle of the meeting which with God was there, which most of the servant of the Lord had made in the wilderness. Verse 4. But David brought up the ark of God from Kijat Jerim to the place David had prepared for it. For he had pitched its tent for it at Jerusalem. Now, the bronze altar that Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of all, had made, he put before the tabernacle of the Lord. Solomon exactly sought him there. And Solomon went up there to the bronze altar before the Lord, which was at the tabernacle of meeting. And offered what? Thousand burnt offering on it. It was a sign of worship and praise to God. Verse 7. Let's see what happens. When praise goes up. Now this man, his father thought it was a better idea. He was going to build an, a, a temple to the Lord. But the Lord said, uh-uh. I will wait for your son to do it. Your hand is full of blood. You've killed so many people. But God wanted to honor David anyway. And still allowed his son after him to build a temple to him. But you know what happened here? When this young man understood the ways of his father. Don't forget. David infused and invested in Solomon everything that he had. Even at the time of his death, he said, send for Solomon. I want to talk to him. So I believe that David gave out of himself to Solomon. You know what happened? Solomon understood certain basics. These are the reflections of his father's knowledge. He raised an altar and began to sacrifice. He sacrificed an an unprecedented sacrifice. A thousand sacrifices was a time of praise to God. Now, what happened after he did that? When the praise went up, when the fume, when the aroma went to heaven, verse 7, what happened? The Bible says, and on that night, God did not wait till the following day. On that night, God appeared to Solomon. How many of us want God to visit with us? That's how to get it done. How many of us want divine visitation? That's how to get it done. The Bible says, on that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, you know, it's not only that God appeared and said, Solomon, what do you want? How many of us have heard that in a long time from your God, from your father? God coming to you and said, hey, daughter, what do you want? How many of us, how glad are you going to be to hear the voice of God saying, what do you want? What do you want? And Solomon said, what do I want? I know what I want. That's why before you go to the place of praise and prayer, know what you want. And before you know what you want, try to consult with the scriptures. So that you don't ask for the wrong thing. Now, what did he do here? God asked him, and he said in verse 8, and God said to God, and and Solomon said to God, You have shown great mercy. He started worshiping God to David, my father, and made him the king in his place. Now, Lord God, before he even requested, he was a wise boy. Before he made any request, you are the God who had been merciful to my father. He says, Now, Lord God, let your promise to David, my father, be established. He said, for you have made me king over these people like a dust of the heart in multitude. Now give me wisdom and knowledge. Now he made a request. Now that's not my goal tonight. My goal was how God responded to the request of David. The Bible said, and God said to Solomon, sorry, the request of Solomon in verse 11, because this was in your heart and you have not asked for riches and wealth and honor and the life of your enemies. Do we see life of your enemies? Do we see that? And I've not asked, in other words, don't ask me to kill your enemies yet. Ask me to give you wisdom. He said, 
And I've asked for, and I've not asked for long life. I know those are the prayer meetings we have. Lord, give me long life. Lord, kill all my enemies. David, <laughs> Solomon said, no, I didn't need all that. And God commended that. Hallelujah. He said, before you ask for the head of your enemy, before you ask for long life, ask for something more precious than that. What did God say? The Bible says that you may judge your people, you have, but you have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that you may judge my people over whom I've made you the king. Do you know what I see here? God is kingdom-minded. Ever say God is kingdom-minded. When our prayers and our praise will change and become kingdom-minded praise and prayer, God is bound to visit. Many of our prayers are not kingdom-based. Many of our praises are not kingdom-based. They are body-fed. And you know what? He will give it, but they have a limitation. The Bible said they requested of God for food. Do you remember the book of Psalms? The Bible said he gave them food, but he sent leanness to their soul. Because their focus was different. They wanted food. You want food, you'll be full. He gave them food. But God said, because you have not asked for the head of your enemy. What did he say? Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. Ever say it was granted. And he said, I will give you riches. I love this kind of, I love this kind of blessing. God did not only give him what he wanted, he gave him more than he needed. Now, what you don't ask for, God will give. When we offer the right sacrifices, what you don't even think you need, God knows what you need. Now, how do you expect a king to have wisdom and knowledge and, not, and, and is not rich? Because we have seen that in the book of Ecclesiastes. There was a man who was a poor man. Who through, he was a wise man, but he was poor. But through his wisdom, was able to save the city. That was the last we heard of him. But the Bible says, I will give you wisdom. I will give you knowledge. And I will give you riches. May the Lord give you wisdom. And give you knowledge. And also give us riches. We prayed a prayer here last week, and it's a very legitimate prayer. God gives promise, but God does not only give you a promise, he also gives you the power to announce that promise. One thing is to have a promise, another thing is to enjoy that promise. Hallelujah. We need the promise, we need the power to enjoy the promise. The Bible says, I will give you the wisdom and the knowledge, and I will also give you the riches to back it up. He became an enviable man for her to see. Two more examples, and then I'm done tonight. Cornelius, the Bible said it was an either man in the book of Acts of the Apostle chapter 10. Do we see that? Acts of the Apostle chapter 10. I'm just, I just want to really nail this tonight. Acts of the Apostle chapter 10. The Bible said there was a certain man in, in Caesarea called Cornelius. a citizen of what was called a talent regiment. A devout man. And one who feared God with all his household. Who gave hands generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day. Saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius, when he had and when he had observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your hands have come up to God. In other words, when you keep praying and you keep praising God, it is sad, it, it is understood. It is a memorial before God. God knows it. He said, Now I've come to visit with you. God will visit with us. So there was a divine blessing over the life of Solomon, and also in the life of um, Cornelius, there was an angelic visitation and salvation came to the entire family and entire household. The last I'm going to say tonight was the experience of Paul and Silas in the book of Acts of the Apostles chapter 16. The Bible says, and when they were incarcerated, they began to pray and to praise God. As they were praising and praising God, there was an earthquake that day and the, and, and, and the foundation of the prison was shaken to its root. You know what happened? The chains fell off. But he remained in the prison. 
You know what God did? God gave them great deliverance. And he also gave them the souls of men. I pray tonight that the Lord will teach us how to send our praise into the golden bowl in heaven. God wants to touch your life, but we must know how to offer the incense. It must be offered correctly. It must be offered appropriately. We must understand that when praise goes up, you know what comes down? The blessing of God comes down. When praise goes up, there's a divine deliverance that comes down. The last, which is the third one that I'm going to leave with us today, is that there is a dimension of praise that is called the high praise of God. Hallelujah. It is called the what? The high praise of God. When you're in the midst of a thick battle, what you need to offer is a high praise of God. What we need to offer is the what? It's a high praise of God. What does the Bible say about the high praise? Psalm 149. This is what it says. Psalm 149 says. I read from here. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. And it's praise in the assembly of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name with a dance. Hallelujah. Let them sing praises to him with a timbrel and a harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. Do we read that? The Lord does what? Take pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud in their beds. Verse 6. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the people, to bind up their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on, the, on them the written judgment. For this honor have all the saints. In Second Chronicles chapter 21 day, Jehoshaphat stood up and began to pray. He, he come, there was a battle that was set in array against him and against the entire Israel. You know what he did? Second Chronicles chapter 20 from verse 20. You know what Jehoshaphat said? Jehoshaphat said, thank for all the choir members. All the praise team. Let them sing to God. The Bible says, as they began to sing, it, it called the Levites and those who could sing at the timbers to go in front. As they began to sing to God. You know what happened? The Bible says, and the Lord laid ambush against the enemy. Now, they were defeated. There were three nations who came together against Jehoshaphat. Now, when the battle was set in array and they began to praise and sing to the Lord, the Lord sent an ambush because when the praise goes to heaven, it's an honor and glory and praise to God. You know what he's doing? We are exalting and extolling him. Now, tell me an enemy that will stand against you when you worship him. If God be for us, who can be against us? Now, when you come into a place of praise, God is going to be on your side. Hallelujah. When we serve in the place of praise and worship, when we sing to our God, God will fight back on our behalf. Now, the battle of that, there was not only one. You know what happened? When God set an ambush against the enemy, now they ran, now they began to kill themselves. Now, when they killed themselves, they left a spoil behind. Now, the Bible says that it took three days for them to go through all the spoil that were left behind for them. Now, God is only going to give us a great victory. God is going to give us a great spoil and a great plunder. Hallelujah. It took three days. And on the fourth day, they started to sing praises. Because they know what brought them there. Many of us sang praises to receive victory. But that was the end of it. After victory, we left it. After victory, the praise must continue. Hallelujah. After victory, our praise must continue. Let's not stand up together tonight. Let the high praise of our God be in their mouth. Your prayer and your praise is going before the Lord. It's an incense before God. 
Praise the Lord tonight. A few days ago, we were celebrating Thanksgiving, but many people don't even know how and why. And as believers, as we open up our mouth and we sing to our God and to the Father of life, light, in whom there is no forgiveness, nor the shield of the Lord, child of love, turn the Bible says. When we worship him, God will turn the captivity of our lives around. God, I want us to see tonight that as you open your mouth to praise God, your praise is going into the golden bowl in heaven. It's going into the place of perfection. It's going to the place of response. Your incense of praise is going before the Father of light. Your praise is becoming an element of worship in heaven. Your praise becomes an instrument in the hands of the angels of God. Your praise becomes an element in the hands of the 24 elders in heaven where they can lift up their voices and sing on your behalf. Holy, holy is the Lord. The whole earth is full of his glory. We just go before the Lord and say, Lord, I just want to worship you. I just want to glorify you. I just want to honor you. I just want to exalt your name. You are beautiful for our situation. You are the God of light. You are the God of our gods. You are the king of all kings. There is none to be compared with you. Our power in heaven and on earth belongs to you. Who can be compared with you, our God? Oh, yes. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above. We will some power, Lord, I got reason awesome God. I got reason awesome God. He reigns from heaven above. We begin to exalt his name tonight. I want us to begin to magnify him tonight. I want us to begin to lift up his name tonight. He's an awesome father. He's a glorious God. Oh yes, the Bible says, offer the sacrifices of your lips. Oh yes, offer the sacrifices of your praise to God, which is the fruit of your lips. Let's offer the fruit of our lips to God. Oh yes, you are the Lord who sit upon the circles of the earth. You have made the earth your footstool. You are the Lord of our generation. You are the King of all kings. We've come to worship your Father. You are the God of all flesh. There is none to be compared with you. We love you, our Father. You are the only God. You are the righteous God. You are the merciful God. You are the King. You rule and you reign over the kingdoms and the affairs of men. You sit upon the circles of the earth. Yes, Lord, we worship you. You are mighty to be praised. Our heart rejoice in our King. Our King. Our King. You are, the, you, you, you are the invisible God. You are the holy God. Yes, Lord. We just express our hearts to you tonight. There is nothing we have that we have not received from you. All blessings flow from you. Lord, we worship you tonight. The God who brought Israel out of the land of bondage in one night. 
the Lord would deliver Israel in one night. Oh yes, the Lord will visit Solomon in one night. Oh God, we worship you tonight. Oh God, we exalt you tonight. We glorify you. We glorify you. We exalt you. We magnify you. We worship you. You deserve it, Lord. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes, with all of our hearts. We've come to offer you sacrifices tonight. You're such a great God. The Bible says, worship the Lord. Oh, you is saints. Worship the Lord. Praise him in a dance. Lord, we worship you. We praise you in a dance tonight. We just tell you you're a great God. Lord, we magnify you tonight. Yes, Lord. We dance before you, Lord Jesus. You're a great God. You deserve it, Lord. We magnify you. Our hearts rejoice because we know we have a king who cares, who loves, who cares, who loves, who protects, who shields. Yes, Lord, you are a supernatural God who does supernatural things in the lives of your people. Yes, Lord, you, your throne is full of glory. The Bible says the 24 elders and the four living creatures that come before you, they've come to glorify you. Lord, we link up our voices with the 24 elders tonight. We send forth our element of worship because you're great. You're greatly to be praised in our generation. No one to be compared with you. You deliver us. You brought us out of the mighty clay. You set our feet upon the ground. You made us to be princes alongside with the princes of your people. You deserve it, Lord. Yes, 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 Lord. Oh, God of heaven, the Lord of life, the mighty God, the fear of Jacob, the fear of Jacob, the fear of Jacob, we worship you. The fear of Jacob, we worship you. The God of promise, we worship you. Oh yes, you let Jacob out of his father's house. Oh yes, in spite of his weaknesses, you visited with him. You gave him a promise and your brother promised to pass. He lifted up his voice. Oh yes, to worship you and to say you're a fear. You have to be feared in all congregations. You have to be feared in all places, in all circumstances, Lord. Yes, we magnify. Oh yes, the brightness of your glory cannot be contained by anything. Lord, we can't wait to see you in glory. We can't wait to join together with the saints to worship you. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. We just worship your name. We just magnify you, Lord. Oh, you deserve all glory. We glorify your name, Lord. We magnify you, Lord. You are the Lord. You are King. Yes, you are the Lord. You are the Lord. No one to be compared with you, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, my God, I worship your name tonight. I give you praise, Lord. You deserve it, Lord. Deserve it, Lord. I give you praise. Oh, yes, Lord. My King, oh my God. The 
my soul, the bishop of my soul. He died on the cross for my sin, set me free, delivered me from the clutches of the evil one, set my feet upon the high places to worship your name. Oh, yes, Lord, I give you glory. You deserve it all. I'll give you praise, Lord. Oh, my God. Oh, my Father. You are the Lord. Yes, you reign in glory. You reign in majesty. You reign in majesty. We've come to worship your name. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah to you, Lord. Yes, Lord. When the praise goes up, when the praise goes up, when the praise goes up, the blessing comes down. When the praise goes up, great victory comes down. When the praise goes up, the power of God is released. When the praise goes up, the glory of God descends. When the praise goes up, there is a divine intervention. When the praise goes up, the mighty hand of God is released. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 